Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi all. I have something a little different for you right now. It's called The Killing Fields. You may have heard of it. A lot of you may have heard of it. It comes straight from the FBI. Let's see what they have to say on what became a show and is part of many articles and discussions around the world. This case is known as the Calder Road Killings or The Killing Fields. There were four victims found uh, throughout the years. The fact that the offender chose this area uh, gives us a couple little tidbits of insight. It was, it's such a remote rural area, somebody had to know about that place. What we're looking for is some anomalies that exist between all four girls. If, if there's one person that, that knew all the girls or one person that was seen with the girls, that of course would be a, a, great, um, a great lead for us. But any, anything that anybody in the public knows, anything no matter how small they think it is, we really want them to come forward because it may be very significant to us even though they think it's just a, a small tidbit that doesn't have any meaning. I think about Laura every day. I miss her, and uh, there's always going to be that empty plate at the dinner table, but, you know, her death wasn't in vain. It wasn't in vain, I'm not going to say it still isn't difficult. I would go out there where Laura's body was found, <coughs> and I would walk up to her cross. I put my hand out across and I say, Laura, please don't hate your daddy, but I can't come out here anymore. I have to say goodbye and I have to put my life back together. And I'd literally be walking away and I hear this little voice say, Dad, don't quit, please don't quit. I'm going to fight to my dying breath to 
do what I can do to make sure whoever murdered Laura and the other girls, uh, justice is served. The fact it hasn't been solved doesn't mean it's not being worked and doesn't mean it's not being worked diligently. It just means that we're not getting the breaks that we need at this point. We need to go further and, and find the killer and bring him to justice. And I think that would, 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 would heal a lot of wounds in the community. I was at work and one of the girls said, Miss Diane, your phone is going off. And when I went and looked at it, I had two calls from my cousin and then a text that said, call ASAP. And when I called her, she said, where are you? I said, I'm at work. She said, go outside. I said, okay, I'm outside. And she said, Diane, I just got off the phone with the detective Tisdale from the League City Police Department. And I knew, I mean, my knees fell out. Gina started to tell me they found her. I said, I don't want to know. Um, I didn't want to know any of it. I just was relieved. I was relieved. She had a pretty tough life. She loved to shrimp and crab and fish on the banks of the Sabine River. She loved her children so much. The bottom line to all this is no one deserves to die like she did. No one. It's very important for the public to know that we have not given up. You know, it may be labeled a cold case. That doesn't mean it's just sitting on a shelf not being worked. It's being worked actively at FBI. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's being actively worked at League City Police Department, and we have uh, other resources from other agencies that are helping out. I want everybody to know that nobody has given up on this case. And I want the offender to know, if he's watching, that we will come get you. Decades later, investigators still searching for answers in the murders of four different women. The women seemingly had little in common. One was just a teenager. Another was a local bartender. One was a 30-year-old mechanic. And finally, the fourth, well, she was just a young mother. And although they did have different lives, 
Those lives appear to have ended in the same place, a rural field off a dirt road in League City, Texas, between Houston and Galveston. It was a desolate place, dotted by little more than oil rigs and dirt roads. If they cried for help, it's unlikely anyone heard. Years after finding the four bodies in that field near Calder Road, part of an area that became known as the Killing Fields, Investigators are still trying to find the murder or murderers. This is a quote. It is important for the public to know that we have not given up. It may be labeled as a cold case, but that doesn't mean it's sitting on a shelf and is not being worked. This comes from Special Agent Richard Runnison, who has worked the Calder Road Killings case out of the FBI's Houston field office. Texas City Resident Agency for more than a decade. He goes on to say it's been worked actively at the FBI and actively at the League City Police Department. All right, well, what is going on here? Let's talk first about the grim discoveries. They explain that in 1983, a young bartender named Heidi Fye went missing in League City. A few months after her disappearance, her body was discovered in that rural field. A year later, 16-year-old Laura Miller disappeared just after she'd moved with her family to League City. She'd gone to a nearby store to use a payphone. <laughs> Anybody remember those? Well, she went to use a payphone and never returned. In 1986, Miller's body was found in the same field, not far from where Fies had been. During the search for Miller, police made a gruesome discovery, a third body. But police had no leads as to who the unidentified woman was, so she became known only as Jane Doe. In 1991, passerbys discovered a fourth body known at that time as Janet Doe. While Fye and Miller were positively identified through dental records, limited scientific options at that time meant that Jane Doe and Janet Doe would remain unknown for more than 20 years until a few months ago. And to give you some perspective on what they mean by a few months ago, this was in September of 2019. What about the investigation? While the League City Police Department remains the lead agency, the FBI has brought significant resources to the cases. The FBI laboratory has examined the evidence, and the FBI's behavioral experts created a profile of a possible killer. Now, with all the true crime lovers out there, profiles can be interesting. Although the leads have come and gone, the murders remain unsolved. There are no known witnesses to any of these killings, and no common person connects all four. To date, the signs point to one killer, although multiple killers can't yet be ruled out. Given the nature of the area where the bodies were found, it was likely someone with roots in the area. That seems to make sense. Someone would have known those fields. They would have had to. No, they were a good place to leave a body. The detective says that. Investigators have scoured missing persons' databases and appealed to the public for tips. But with each passing year, the case gets tougher to crack. This detective goes on to tell us that with that much time going by, people lose their memories. People pass away. People simply forget. It's hard to remember the significant details from that long ago. And we also know that sometimes uh, that 
they actually remember more or they never wanted to come forward in the first place, don't we? So sometimes you can find that one person that has a ton of details. They were just too afraid to come forward. But for this detective, this case, these cases are personal. He's from the area and started his career at the League Police Department in 1993, not long after the fourth body was found. As a detective, he assisted in this investigation, later joining the FBI and becoming the case agent for these killings in 2005. He's been involved in the case in some way or another since then, either as a case agent or even a supervisor. The breakthrough. Ooh, what's that? While leads have dwindled over the years, science and technology have advanced. In January of 2019, Renison received a call that breathed new life into this case, the identification of Jane Doe and Janet Doe. Jane Doe, found in 1986, was Audrey Lee Cook. Cook had worked as a mechanic and lived in the Houston, Channel View, and Heights areas of Texas and was last seen in December of 1985. Janet Doe, she was found in 1991 and was identified as Donna Prudhomme. Knowing the names of the women has given Renison, our detective, and the local police something to work with. They're contacting neighbors and friends and reviewing police records from that time. A key part of this investigation is appealing to the public for help. Renison, this is our FBI detective, and local police need to talk to anyone who can provide additional information. Details as simple as where the women worked or the names of friends. Anyone who hasn't yet been interviewed that could be helpful in solving these murders. What about the victims? What about the families? Tim Miller's 16-year-old daughter, Laura, was musically gifted. She was a teenager who had a lot of dreams. That's according to her father. But high school became challenging to her after she began to have debilitating seizures. She missed school, had to leave the choir, and she struggled socially. After her family moved to League City, Laura asked if she could go to a payphone to call her boyfriend since her family's phone was not yet connected. On September 10, 1984, her mother drove to a payphone and Laura planned to walk the half mile back home. Sounds reasonable. Well, when her parents and her boyfriend arrived at the house later that day, Laura was not there. At the time, police considered her a runaway and assured the Millers she would call home. And you know, a lot of people complain that people like this are determined to be runaways and of course the families personal to the situation that may know different, they can be really hurt by that. But let's not forget how many runaway calls the police actually do get, how they turn out to be runaways, and then they come home. So we need to give them a little bit of a break sometimes. But okay, back to this. As months pass, it was clear Laura was not coming home. Tim Miller began to research similar murders in the area, even conducting his own searches. His dad says, I knew in my heart that Laura wasn't coming home alive. I was afraid she was never going to be located. More than a year after her disappearance, Laura's body was found. Helping families with a missing loved one became Miller's life work. He now runs Texas's EquiSearch, a Texas-based nonprofit that searches for missing people. He says his organization has found more than 250 bodies all over the world and has recovered living missing people as well. 
This guy sort of reminds me of America's Most Wanted. You know, his son was also taken from him, and that's why he started what he did. It's really great to see that people can turn something so completely horrifying and awful into something that can help other people. Very, very giving. Miller recalls being contacted by a mother whose teenage daughter had gone missing. He saw the same anguish in her eyes that he felt when Laura was missing. And he said, my God, that's how I had to look for 17 months. And at that moment, he made a promise to God that he would never leave a family alone. While the Millers waited 17 months, Diane Hastings waited more than 30 years to find out what happened to her sister, Donna, who Diana describes as a beautiful woman and a mother who loved to cook Cajun food and go fishing. Donna Prudhomme was one of six children. She grew up and lived most of her life in the Port Arthur area of Texas. She married and had two sons, but when her husband became abusive, she was forced to leave with her children. That's according to her sister, saying she had a pretty tough life, but she loved her children so much. And, you know, we all just do the best we can with what we have. Well, by the late 1980s, Donna was in a new relationship and raising her sons. She kept in touch with her family and her sister Donna thought that her sister seemed happy. But after that relationship ended, Donna fell on hard times. She took her children to their grandmother's house and moved to Clear Lake, Texas, to try to rebuild her life and one day take her children back. In 1989, Donna asked her sister for a copy of her birth certificate so that she could travel. She mailed that birth certificate off, but her sister was never heard from again. The family made numerous attempts to find Donna through the years. She was missing through letters, reaching out to her friends. They worked with investigators and prayed for her return. As technology evolved, they also used the internet to try to find her. But the years went by without a word from Donna. Her sons grew up, and they missed their mother. Her older son was paralyzed in a serious car accident and asked his aunt about his mother every time he saw her. And then he died before Donna's remains were identified. That's very sad. In 2008, Hastings worked with a private investigator in a last-ditch effort to find her sister. There's not a trace, and he said you have two choices. You can believe that she's no longer with us, or you can also believe that she's off and she started a good life. Well, she could not believe that Donna had run away and kept saying she just loved her kids so much. Well, earlier in 2019, Hastings received an unexpected phone call. Her sister's remains had been identified, the body that had been found in the killing fields. In 1981, previously known as Janet Doe, was Donna's. For the family, it meant some closure to their pain. They found this out. They end up having a funeral for Donna. Hastings has read everything she can about her sister's murder and the murders of other women in the area, but she's mostly now focused on just moving forward. For me, she says, I just can't get into the justice part of it because for me, it's about healing and I need that for my family. So what does the future hold here? The area around the killing fields was developed considerably since the 80s and 90s. It's now paved roads and it's across the street from a housing development. A local church owns that land and the church and community members have created a peaceful memorial for the four women. Each woman has her own marker decorated with their photos, their names, and mementos. 
We really claimed that area. We're changing the name of that place from the killing fields to the healing fields, Miller said. We're actually going to build a little park there. We've got plans. As for Renison, our FBI slash detective, these are the only cold cases he's worked that remained unsolved. They're still unsolved today. As he gets closer to retirement, Renison hopes to bring closure to these cases as well, both for the victims, the families, and the community. Anything anyone in the public knows, of course, no matter how small you think it is, they really want to hear from you. Please come forward. If you know anything, call your local FBI office. Crimes like this that go on for years, decades, they are extremely painful and do something to those left behind that the people that have never experienced this, they honestly will never know that feeling as if someone took part of your heart and just ripped it right out of you. I would love to hear your thoughts. So let me know what you think about this. Do you follow the killing fields? Have you? Keep on listening. We always have more stories to share.